Thank you for listening to Enable This Week. We are going to look between the lines of some news stories and find out about their connection to the eyes. You'll be hearing about the opioid crisis, laser pointers at the Capitol riot, and several short COVID pandemic stories about the vaccine, hand sanitizer, face masks, and glasses. All of these stories from the news and their connection to the eyes. I am sure you've heard people talk about the opioid crisis. This headline reads, Severe Eye Infections Increasing as Opioid Crisis Continues. The information came from the iSmart Journal from the American Academy of Ophthalmology. The article was written by Rena Mukamal and was reviewed by Dr. Natasha Hertz. It was published on February 4th of this year. The article starts, Vision-threatening eye infections are on the rise in people with drug addictions, according to a new study in the JAMA Ophthalmology Journal. Hospitalizations for a rare eye infection called endogenous endophthalmitis rose 400% between 2003 and 2016 among people with a history of intravenous drug use. The infection can develop when bacteria or fungi enter the bloodstream through the use of dirty needles and then spread to the eyes. Endogenous endophthalmitis is extremely rare, but it can have devastating consequences. Maybe I better take the time right now and spell that infection for you. The word endogenous, E-N-D-O-G-E-N-O-U-S, endogenous. And then we have the big word, endophthalmitis, E-N-D-O-P-H-T-H-A-L-M-I-T-I-S, endogenous endophthalmitis the new infection caused from drug abuse. The next part of the article says how opioid addiction can lead to dangerous eye infections. The study found a sharp rise in severe eye infections after 2010. That was the year that regulators clamped down on opioid prescribing. Researchers suspect people with prescription opioid addictions began turning to cheaper, more readily available street drugs. Injected drugs like heroin and fentanyl have become dangerously popular in recent years. Drug overdoses reached alarming levels during the COVID-19 pandemic. Endogenous endophthalmitis is a rare but persistent threat as the opioid epidemic continues. The next section, Recognizing and Treating Endogenous Endophthalmitis. People with severe eye infections develop eye pain, redness, and inflammation, as well as worsening vision. A swollen, pus-filled abscess forms in the eye as the infection progresses. Left untreated, the infection can spread to the retina and cause irreparable damage to vision. Doctors treat these infections by injecting the eye with antibiotics or antifungal drugs. Steroids may reduce swelling and inflammation. Surgeons may need to remove parts of the eye damaged by the infection. People with severe infections may need to have their entire eye removed to prevent the infection from spreading to the brain. Even after treatment, some patients remain blinded by scarring that happens when the infection destroys the retina. So the question is asked, when should you seek medical attention for an eye infection? Inflammation and redness in the eyes aren't always signs of infection, 
But if you have these symptoms, it's important to see an ophthalmologist as soon as possible. People who use IV drugs should be upfront with their doctors so that they can receive the best care possible. And following the riot at the U.S. Capitol building in January, it was reported that at least one of the law enforcement officers suffered eye damage because of a laser pointed at the eyes. This information came from the website www.aao.org, and it's a little bit of background information about laser pointers, which a lot of people use and know about. The headline reads, Is Your Laser Pointer Dangerous Enough to Cause Eye Injury? This was written by Ari Soglin, edited by Dan Dudgel, and it was uh, published on June 22nd in 2018. The greater a laser pointer's output power, the more likely it will cause serious eye injuries, burn skin, and temporarily or permanently impair the vision of pilots, drivers, or even bystanders. That much is clear. But judging the safety of that laser pointer in your desk drawer or in your kid's hand isn't simple. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration is responsible for regulating laser devices. Regulations require most laser products to be labeled with a warning about radiation and other hazards and to disclose the power output of the laser. But this information is sometimes missing and even if provided may still not be enough. We have a quote now. The consumer is in a difficult position, says Daniel Hewitt, health promotion officer at the FDA's Center for Devices and Radiological Health, the agency tasked with enforcing the rule for products that emit radiation. As power increases above 5 milliwatts, the time margin for safe exposure decreases, and permanent eye and skin damage can occur quickly. However, the output power of laser pointers is not immediately apparent to the user. Laser pointers often lack the required labeling or are mislabeled, and definitive testing of individual pointers is beyond the reach of the average consumer. The FDA does offer advice to help consumers identify which laser products might be dangerous and how to use devices safely. The agency continues to make laser safety awareness a priority as products and toys containing lasers become more common. Researchers have concluded that the wide availability of these devices, which are often marketed as toys, could lead to an epidemic of eye injuries, according to a study released in 2013 by Ophthalmology, the Journal of the American Academy of Ophthalmology. The potential dangers of laser pointers were back in the news in June of 2018 after a boy in Greece permanently damaged his vision by shining the light into his own eye. If a laser with less than 5 milliwatts of output power is directed at someone's eye, that person can blink or turn away without suffering an eye injury. This is with an output of less than 5 milliwatts. However, the natural protective mechanisms of the eye, such as the blink reflex, are ineffective against lasers with an output power greater than 5 milliwatts, and severe retinal damage may occur even after momentary exposure. So here's what the FDA advises. First of all, never aim or shine a laser pointer at anyone. Another good advice, don't buy laser pointers for your children.
The third suggestion from the FDA, before purchasing a laser pointer, make sure it has the following information on the label. The label should contain the following four things. First of all, a statement that it complies with Chapter 21 of the Code of Federal Regulations. It should also, the label should also include the manufacturer or distributor's name and the date of manufacture. The label should also have a warning to avoid exposure to laser radiation. And the label should have the class designation. This will include class 1 to number, uh, these are Roman numerals, class 1 to 3A. Class 3B and 4 products should be used only by individuals with proper training and in applications where there is a legitimate need for these high-powered products. So again, the class designation that you're looking for for ordinary use is Class 1 to Class 3A, and these are Roman numerals. The article continues, The problem, said Hewitt, is that the products sometimes lack labels or have inadequate labels. He said about 60% of the sampled laser pointer products that the FDA tests are overpowered compared with what the label says. These pointers may be powered in the tens or hundreds of milliwatts. He also said some labels are too vague to be of any value. Here's a quote. We've seen one labeled less than 1,000 milliwatts, he said. A consumer may not know what that means. Next in the article, the question is asked, is your laser pointer overpowered? Ideally, consumers could buy a laser pointer with certainty that it's powered under 5 milliwatts. Amazon is trying to make it tougher to sell mislabeled lasers by requiring that all the pointers on its site be backed up by a compliance test report. Hewitt says, as far as he knows, Amazon is the only firm that has taken that step. The FDA says that if you have a laser pointer that isn't labeled, or if you don't trust the labeling, consider the following. There are eight points for you to consider. If the pointer is small and runs on button batteries, its output probably is less than 5 milliwatts. The second point, if it's pen-sized and runs on AA or AAA batteries, it's likely to be more powerful and may exceed 5 milliwatts. The third point, if it's flashlight sized and runs on a cluster of AA or AAA batteries or runs on lithium batteries, it likely exceeds 5 milliwatts. The fourth point that they're making, pointers sold with battery chargers probably drain their batteries quickly and are likely to be overpowered. The next point to consider, some pointers are sold with a removable cap that spreads the beam into a pattern. If used without the cap, the beam becomes a single beam that could exceed 5 milliwatts. Next, look for key words that sellers might use to indicate a pointer is highly powered without saying that it's over 5 milliwatts. Some of the key words they might use is the following, include the following list. Powerful, bright, ultra, super, military or military grade, super bright, high power, ultra bright, strong, balloon pop, burn, burning, adjustable focus, lithium battery, lithium powered. These are all trigger words that indicate a pointer is likely overpowered. Another thing for you to look for, look for videos or photos that show the laser burning, melting, balloon popping, 
or photos that show a bright, well-defined beam of light. These are all bad things. The last one, look for a purchaser comments on websites that tout the brightness or the power of the product. The next section is called Why Blue and Violet Lasers Can Be Even More Dangerous. The FDA also explains why blue and violet light lasers can be especially dangerous. The human eye actually is less sensitive to blue and violet. So while a victim would react quickly to a red or green laser, that person may not blink or turn away as fast from an equally powerful blue or violet light, creating a greater likelihood of injury. After witnessing a rise in the occurrence of eye injuries caused by these lasers, and to better illustrate the dangers of these products, researchers in Saudi Arabia documented the case histories of 14 young males, ages 11 to 30, who sought treatment for these injuries in, from January 2012 to January 2013. Each of the 14 patients in the study had sustained injuries to one eye. Four of the patients suffered a full thickness macular hole, a break in the part of the eye responsible for detailed central vision. Other macular injuries documented in the study included hemorrhages in different retinal layers, a macular pucker, this is when cells proliferate on the surface of the retina causing visual impairment, another one a retinal disruption and a cavity in the retina. Only four eyes, that would be 29% of the group, improved spontaneously with increase in vision, whereas 10 of the eyes, or 71%, required intervention, including vitrectomy, which is surgery in which the vitreous gel in the eye is removed, and an operating microscope and small surgical instruments are used to remove the blood and scar tissue that accompany abnormal vessels in the eye. And this, once again, is called vitrectomy. The article ends with a quote, high-powered handheld laser devices may lead to an epidemic of ocular injuries that requires attention at different levels, wrote the study's authors from the King Khaled Eye Specialist Hospital in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. The quote continues, the difference between these new high-powered laser devices and the low-power pointers cannot be overemphasized, and government actions such as banning the importation of these high-powered handheld laser devices, laws for assault or malicious intent, and a general public awareness campaign may be warranted. And once again, this article about laser pointers was in response to what I read in a news article that one of the uh, law enforcement officers at the Capitol building riot had eye damage because of a laser pointed at the eyes. The next article, big question circulating these days, did you get your vaccine yet? This information comes from allaboutvision.com. The COVID vaccine, will it affect your vision? It's the title of the article written by John Egan. Fear of side effects, including how it may affect vision, ranks as the primary reason that some Americans remain hesitant to be vaccinated against the virus that causes COVID-19. However, no evidence has surfaced yet that any widespread side effects from the vaccine are related to vision. 
It's worth noting, though, that at least one isolated incident of an eye-related side effect has been reported. A healthcare worker in Alaska experienced eye puffiness after getting a COVID-19 shot. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, is investigating this, among other rare allergic reactions to the coronavirus vaccine produced by Pfizer. According to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, common side effects from coronavirus vaccines include arm pain and swelling where the shot was injected, fever, chills, tiredness, and headache. Here's a quote, it's totally normal to experience side effects from COVID-19 vaccines, according to Johns Hopkins University's Bloomberg School of Public Health. The next section, the last section, is called the bottom line. While various other vaccines can cause mostly mild side effects connected to vision, there is no scientific evidence that COVID-19 vaccines trigger eye-related side effects. Experts say the benefits of being vaccinated against COVID-19 outweigh the potential side effects. This page was updated in January of 2021, and information came from allaboutvision.com. This is a website launched in 2020 to provide an unbiased source of trustworthy information on eye health. They're headquartered in Irving, Texas. The next article is titled, Hand Sanitizer in the Eye, Is It Dangerous? Written by Vered Hazenchuk, reviewed by Dr. Andrew George Iwatch, was published on January 29th in 2021 by the American Academy of Ophthalmology. So how far do you have to go to find hand sanitizer right now? You've probably seen a dispenser set up at the grocery store, the gas station, your school, your workplace. Sanitizer at every corner is no surprise. Keeping hands clean is an important and effective way to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Next, they ask the question, can hand sanitizer harm your eyes? Frequent use of hand sanitizer during the pandemic may be causing more eye injuries among children, according to a new study from France. This is from accidentally spraying the liquid into the eye or rubbing the eyes before the sanitizer has fully evaporated. Here's a quote. Eye irritation from hand sanitizer is a known concern, not just for children, but for adults and healthcare workers too, said ophthalmologist Dr. Sonal Tuli, a clinical spokesperson for the American Academy of Ophthalmology. Usually, only a small amount of liquid sanitizer will squirt into the eye. This is not as serious as other chemical injuries, and the good news is that complications are rare. If a large amount of hand sanitizer with a high concentration of alcohol gets into the eye, complications could include keratitis, an open sore on the eye, or corneal abrasions, a scratch on the surface of the eye. If you notice persistent irritation after hand sanitizer splashes into your eye, it's important to contact your ophthalmologist right away. Next, they ask the question, what should I do if hand sanitizer gets in my eye? If you get a little bit of hand sanitizer in your eye, you will reflectively blink and create tears. This is your eye's natural way of protecting itself from outside particles. Here's a quote. This will be similar to getting shampoo in the eye and the irritation that comes from that, said Dr. Tooley. 
If any amount of sanitizer does come into contact with the eye, wash thoroughly with water or sterile saline right away. If symptoms persist, contact your ophthalmologist. And now a few tips how to avoid hand sanitizer eye injuries. There are some simple adjustments you can make to keep your eyes safe. There are four of them. Number one, avoid putting hand sanitizer dispensers at children's eye height. Number two, make sure to rub the liquid sanitizer into your hands well before touching your face. Number three, use foam sanitizer to minimize the force at which sanitizer is dispensed. And the fourth one, this really hit home because this has happened to me. The fourth one, keep the nozzle of the sanitizer bottle clear. Hardened solution can block parts of the nozzle and cause a forceful upward squirt. So there you go, things to worry about that you never realized you had to worry about, right? Okay, next we have an article again from the AAO, Could Glasses Protect Against COVID-19? This was written by Virad Hasenchuk, reviewed by Dr. Thomas Steinemann. It was published in January of 2021. Wearing eyeglasses may lower your chances of contracting the coronavirus, according to a new study from Hubei province in China. The findings appeared in a medical journal called JAMA Ophthalmology. The JAMA is Journal of the American Medical Association. And the medical journal is called JAMA Ophthalmology. But does this mean everyone should wear eye protection to prevent COVID-19? Not exactly, says ophthalmologist Dr. Tymus Stein Steinemann, clinical spokesperson for the American Academy of Ophthalmology and professor of ophthalmology at Metro Health Medical Center. Ophthalmologists say there's not enough information to recommend that people start wearing eye protection in addition to masks. Here's a quote, it's a provocative and fascinating study, but in the scheme of things, this is a small portion of the population. We'd require a much larger study before making any conclusions about whether wearing glasses really does mean people are touching their eyes less often and therefore decreasing infection rates, Dr. Steinemann said. Coronavirus can spread through the eyes when an infected person coughs or sneezes near your eye or if you touch an infected object before touching your eye. Next section of the article, a possible link between eyeglasses and the coronavirus. The study came from a curious observation made by researchers in China. They noticed that very few of their sick patients wore glasses which was remarkable since nearsightedness is common in China. They examined hospital records from patients with COVID-19 to learn more. Of 276 patients admitted to the hospital over a 47-day period, only 16 patients, or 5.8%, had myopia or nearsightedness that required them to wear glasses for more than eight hours a day. Early research shows that more than 30% of people in the region needed glasses for nearsightedness. Dr. Steinemann says it could be that glasses serve as a reminder to avoid touching your eyes. It may also be that glasses act as a partial barrier, protecting eyes from the spatter of a cough or a sneeze. There are several factors other than wearing glasses that could explain the study's finding. It could be that People who wear glasses tend to be older and more likely to stay home during the pandemic compared with people who do not wear glasses. 
or maybe people who can afford glasses in China are less likely to contract the virus because they can afford to live in less crowded spaces. So they asked the question to end the article, should you wear eye protection to prevent COVID-19? While it's too soon to say everyone should wear eye protection, Dr. Steinemann says that goggles and face shields offer valuable protection for caregivers of infected individuals and for frontline health care workers, especially ICU staff and respiratory therapists. For the rest of us, wearing a mask, frequent hand washing, and practicing social distancing continue to be our best bet against the virus. The next article is also from the American Academy of Ophthalmology, and it deals with those pesky, foggy glasses when you're wearing a mask. They, the headline reads, How to Wear a Face Mask Without Fogging Your Glasses. It was written by Vera Hazenchuk, reviewed by Dr. Andrea Tooley. It was published on January 22nd of this year. Even if you've been vaccinated against COVID-19 or have recovered from an infection, it's still important to wear a mask. And with masks comes one of the more innocuous problems of the coronavirus pandemic, fogged up eyewear. This happens when warm breath escapes from the top of your mask and lands on the cooler surface of your lens. As annoying as it may be, don't stop wearing your mask. Masking helps stop the spread of COVID-19. Instead, follow our tips for keeping your eyeglasses, sunglasses, or safety goggles clear. Unfortunately, ophthalmologists are treating more and more injuries in people who weren't wearing safety goggles while masked. They have, to be, they have treated construction workers who suffered ruptured eyeballs after removing foggy safety goggles, and inexperienced homeowners who didn't think they needed to protect their eyes while doing small projects around the house. Here's a quote. If there's an on button or if there's a chemical involved, I always tell my patients to wear eye protection. This is the advice from ophthalmologist Dr. Rebecca Taylor. Whether you are an essential worker on a construction site or just squinting through the fog to see what's on the grocery store shelf, here are some tips to prevent your face mask from fogging up your eyewear. First of all, fit your mask to your face. If your mask doesn't fit your face well, warm air is likely to escape and fog up your lenses. When putting on your mask, make sure to pinch the top of the mask to fit the shape of your nose. If your mask allows it, tighten the sides as well for a good fit. You can use medical or athletic tape to close the gap between the bridge of your nose and the top of your mask. And if you don't have any of that kind of tape, you can even try an adhesive bandage. The next idea, wipe your lenses before you wear them. Anti-fogging solution or even gently washing your lenses with soap and water before you wear them may help. This will keep water droplets from building up and fogging your lenses. The next tip, number three out of four, adjust your glasses. Pushing your glasses forward on your nose will allow more air to circulate and keep your breath from fogging up your vision. The last one they suggest, rest your glasses over your face mask. Try pulling your mask up over your nose and rest your glasses on top of it. This will block the air from escaping and prevent fogging. If you try this, make sure your mask still fits properly over your face. Your nose and mouth should be completely covered. 
Well, next, to summarize today's program, you've heard how opioids and laser pointers can damage the eyes, and you've heard details about the COVID vaccine, hand sanitizer eye injuries, glasses, and face masks used in the pandemic. Indeed, as you discovered, the eyes are in the news. To end the program today, I have a quote for you to think about. Beware of false knowledge. It's more dangerous than ignorance. This was said by George Bernard Shaw. Britannica says he was born on July 26, 1856, in Dublin, Ireland. He died in England in 1950. He was an Irish comic dramatist, literary critic, and socialist propagandist. He also was the winner of the Nobel Prize for Literature in 1925, George Bernard Shaw. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great week.